0: Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. If you've got your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. We're going to be in verse 8. I'm going to talk to you this morning a little bit just about the Christmas story and and try to get us even deeper into the Christmas spirit if you're not already in it. Um, and it comes from Luke chapter 2. And I was, uh, yesterday I was giving my testimony a little bit uh, to somebody that goes to church here and they had never really heard that. And um, I just want to kind of talk about that uh, right before we read uh, Luke chapter 2 and starting in verse 8. Um, when I was uh, ten years old, I made a profession of faith in christ in a, in a in a in a Baptist church in Durham north carolina and um, it was a Baptist church that uh voted that a black person couldn't be a member and uh and so I wonder if the Spirit of God was in the place at all uh, b- but I did make a profession of faith you know. And so I guess, you know, you kind of wonder if it takes, you know, uh, at 10. Because I really, I always had a desire for God, I think, a little bit in my mind. I believe my mom and daddy were telling me the truth. I don't believe they were lying to me. Um, and, and I believe that, that Jesus was who he said to did But, but I, didn't, I didn't dedicate myself to Jesus at that particular time. And there's a lot of people with that same story. I mean, we, we, have this, we have this desire not to go to hell sometimes, but our dedication with the Lord is suspect. And so the reason I'm bringing that up is because with Sam Naylor last week, if you didn't hear anything else, you needed to hear Hanukkah and the whole idea of dedicating yourself to the Lord and how, how vitally important that is. Because there are people sitting in churches all over, all across our nation, and, and uh, especially this nation, that are are acknowledging God but haven't dedicated their s- selves to the Lord, and it's imperative that you dedicate yourself to the Lord. So when I was 28 years old, I had this encounter with the Lord, and it's hard to describe. That it was it was so hard to describe because. In a moment, I was overtaken by the presence of God. And in a moment, I saw myself as I really was. And in that same moment, I saw the glory of the Lord. You know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't like I had this intellectual thought process. I was overcome by the information Immediately it was all downloaded at the same time. I don't know what my width of my uh, of my of my band was, my bandwidth coming in, but it must have been wide enough to receive what the Lord wanted to bring in, right? He downloaded it all at the same time. Boom. My my missing the mark in his provision. It was like and, and and what was the result of that? was a dedicated life. I then dedicated my life to the Lord, to serve Him. And the biggest thing that I can say to you today as your pastor is a dedicated life means that you will not compromise the things of God. And then when, when compromise is brought to your attention, you immediately begin to deal with it. You've got to deal with the compromise to really call yourself dedicated to the things of God. Because the promises of God are great. They're yes and amen. We're just saying it, aren't they? They're yes and amen. But they come, they're, they're, they, they, they aren't just given to you. you uh, it's not like you earned them, but they're provided for you. God always says in his word, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. They, they, they are linked to action of faith. There's this link that says, you do things my way, I pour out blessing. You do things my way, you receive this. You dedicate yourself to to me and I'll show you things. And the reason I'm saying that is, is because I think it's imperative at Christmas that we understand what's going on and we see it in the story. And I think what happened to the shepherds in the field is the same thing that happened to me. When I read this story, what I read is my story. And I'll, and I'll tell you how, how that happens as we go. So let's read starting in chapter 2, verse 8. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds they were living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Now, if you've been around here long at all, you understand the fact that the glory of the Lord is the nature and the character of God. The nature and the character of God shone all around them. In that moment, the shepherds had revelation. There was a download that was beginning. They stood before him, and the glory of the Lord shone around them and what happened and they were greatly afraid you know you see adam and eve when they fall into sin they were greatly afraid they they hid themselves from god you you can you can see that all through scripture where when people begin to do the things that were contrary to the ways of god they they hide themselves from god you you try to set up boundaries and walls between you and God, you begin to move away. You push back from the Lord. And, and there's because of, of the fear of the nature of, of who God is. And, and, and that is, we think that we're serving a God for some reason that just wants to smite us. He, you know, he's looking for a reason to crush you under his thumb. Just get yourself out of line just a little bit and let me smush you. I mean, that's our vision and our view of God oftentimes. Or even if we say it with our mouth that it's not, our actions say that it is. But, But I think it's interesting that what you see here is the glory of the Lord and the nature of God, and the only reason that they could be afraid is because they saw themselves as they were. And so I think simultaneously you've got this revelation of this is who I am, and this is who he is, and there's this great chasm. But you see the response of the angel when he sees the shepherd in this condition. His first response is that the angel said to them, do not be afraid. You see this this idea of, of fearing the Lord, it does have this, this, this thing that comes with it that says, you know, I know he can crush me, I know he can He can judge me, he can send me into hell. All those things are true, but that's not his desire. That's not his will, that's not his nature, that's not who he is. That's not the place that he comes from. He comes from a place that says, don't be afraid. I know you see yourself as you are, and I know you see me as holy, but don't be afraid. Behold... The Lord brings you through the messenger of God good tidings of great joy, which are to all people. Who are they to? What is good tidings of great joy? God's heart for you is good, He's got good thoughts for you and me. That's the whole reason for Christmas. The whole reason for Christmas is good to you. God's message to you is I bring good to you. So much good that you exude with great joy. There should be this joy that rises up in us because of the revelation of the goodness of God towards us. Right? Isn't that it? That's Christmas. That's the message from God at Christmas. How well do we express that? How well do we receive that as a person? This year, I hope that you and I can get to the place that we understand that God has great goodness for us, so much so that I can't contain it. You know, one of the things about watching Dr. Joe worship is, you know, you, go, you either think two things. You think, Dr. Joe has totally lost his mind. Yeah. And your second thought is, Dr. Joe has totally lost his mind. Yeah. <laughs> right, doctor? And the third thought is, he's got joy overflowing. Mm-hmm. He can't contain himself. Mm-hmm. And it's the truth. He was jumping around here during worship practice there's nobody in the building except him and he's jumping all over the place why because the joy of the lord's eating him up he woke up this morning and what god did for him is eating him up he can't he he, it's just all over and so there's an expression of the goodness of god toward him That he expresses back to God. That's why it's so important that we hear what Sam said about dedication. There are people all over getting warm fuzzies, singing great songs to God without the dedication to the Lord. And, and we've got to have that dedication so that we can reap the promises and the blessings of God. That's how you reap them. You release them upon yourself. You, 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 they're, they're there. They're yours. They're, they're, they're yes and amen as you dedicate yourself to him. And so the angel of the Lord says, Behold, I bring you great tidings, good tidings of great joy, and it's for everybody. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The message of Christmas. Do you see anything in there about a ticket To heaven. It is inclusive. We are sons and daughters of God and there would be no way that we would get into heaven if we weren't sons and daughters of God. But the message is there's great goodness towards you that will make you filled with joy. Filled with joy. Overflowing. It's not what the world gives, it's what I give. And so we've got to come to this place that we understand that God is good and that He has good will toward us. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 says this, This is the message which we have heard from Him and declare to you, that God is light, and in Him there is no darkness at all. There's none. There's an absence of darkness. He's not making a decision. He's not making a choice of whether he's going to release darkness or goodness on you. He's not not having to say, do they deserve this or not? There's no decision by God of whether you're going to receive darkness or light. He is light. There is no darkness in him at all. He doesn't have the ability to release darkness upon you. Because he doesn't have any, right? are you tracking with me? so who releases darkness upon you? you do what releases darkness upon us is when we don't choose light it's us it's our thinking that's why man i've had I've gotten emails and text man this this bringing every thought this every thought i have making sure it's kingdom that i'm not lining up with hellish forces in my mind and the way i think i get getting texts and messages saying man this is wearing me out i did not realize how much i was lining up with hellish thoughts and i and i'm just agreeing with hell all the time and i've got to quit <laughs> We're going to get better and better and better. Amen? We're going to get better and better and better at doing that. Psalm 119.68 says this. David declares about God, you are good and you do good. Teach me to do good. David's cry to the Lord is, you know, teach me how to do this. Just to prove my point, I'll go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. When God created everything, He said, This is good. When He created man and woman, what did He say? This is very good. When He looks at you, He doesn't look at something that He somehow messed up. Are y'all going y'all, we're going to all get this. We're really going to get this. We're going to get it. He didn't mess anything up. He, he looked at you and said, This person is very good, and I have good news for this very good person, and that good news is that there's a Savior that was sent just so that my goodness can be bestowed upon you, and when my goodness is bestowed upon you, you're going to have so much joy in your life that you're not going to be able to contain it. You're going to be filled with the joy of the Lord, and the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. It's the message of Christmas. Well, you say, well, I, I just, you know, I'm not really joyful all the time. <laughs> God's really got a problem, doesn't he? God's just not carrying his end of the bargain, huh? It's not. It's is it? It, it? It's us. It's the way we think, you know. It's it's our it's our agreement with hell. But the message of Christmas is, I've got good news of goodwill because I'm good. Let me just talk to you just a minute about the fullness of the Godhead and and how the character and nature of the Godhead is generally happy. You see it all over the place in Scripture. I'll just do the Father real quick in Psalm chapter 2, verse 4. Psalm chapter 2. Verse four says this he who sits in the heavens shall laugh the Lord shall hold them in derision. who is he laughing at he's laughing at those who refuse to do things his way he's even laughing at that. Have you ever seen your have you ever seen your kid? do something that you knew was going to jump up and bite them? And you went, (laughs) right before they did it. Right before they did it, you went, this ain't going to be good. (laughs) Sometimes you stop them, but sometimes you just got to (laughs) watch. Sometimes you just got to say, oh, I can't wait to see this. In Luke chapter 10, we see Jesus, and it says about him, In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. And I I think that's so cool. You see two aspects of the Godhead working in tandem, full of joy. He rejoiced, and he gave thanks to the Father, the Lord of heaven and earth. In Psalm 1611, you see the Holy Spirit. David writes, you will show me the path of life and in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. You know, there's this place, see, listen, listen. The world is trying to, it's like this big vacuum cleaner that's sucking you into this place of joy despair and discouragement and hopelessness and you control how much of that you're going to let affect you. And you have to intentionally push to the things of God. You have to continually make way for the Lord. This coming year, I was I was at Seacoast this week on Wednesday night and Pastor Greg I talked about um, how they were really going to get and devote themselves to the Word next year. And it just reaffirmed in me. We've been talking about it. I've mentioned it several times, how much we've really got to value the Word of God this year. And there's a reason for that. Listen, this is a warning from the Lord for you. It's kind of like when Joseph you know, when he was over Egypt, you know, the Lord said you're going to have seven years of prosperity and you're going to have seven years of famine. I think there's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's coming upon the church right now. And we have an opportunity to be filled with the kingdom of God, to be filled with the word of God that will prepare us for a barren place. And if we don't prepare, we're going to be find ourselves in a place of despair and and, and conflict and we're not going to be prepared for it yeah. and so the Lord's saying to you and me and he's saying it across our nation I believe prepare yourselves yeah. well how do you do that you better know the word you better have it in your heart you better have it in your head if you do not it might be rough it could be rough And if we adopt that philosophy as families, even if in our generation we don't experience the tribulation that's coming, at least we will provide an atmosphere for our children to be prepared for what they're going to face. And the Lord is saying this is the time. This is the time. There's fullness of joy in His presence, pleasures forevermore. And so the Godhead's disposition is happy. He's not frustrated with you all the time. It's not who our God is. Does He get frustrated with you? Most likely. Wouldn't you agree? Yep. You get frustrated with your kids. Do you hate them? Do you want to smash them? Yeah. Don't answer that yes. <laughs> I mean, really smash them. I'm not talking about figuratively. I'm just saying you don't want to harm them. You want, you want them to succeed. Yeah. You're created in your Father's image. It's the way He wants us. Mm-hmm. And He says this Christmas season that He provided that for you and me. He provided a way of goodwill. It says about him that he's going to send the power upon you so that you can have the power to walk in the way that will bring his goodwill. I'm going to empower you to release goodwill on yourself. My goodwill. Because my promises are yes and amen. So the Godhead... Is happy and his will is for you to have goodwill. Let me prove that to you in Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. It says this The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one will save, he will rejoice over you with gladness, he will quiet you with his love, he will rejoice over you with singing. That's what the Lord says about you and me. He says that He's in our midst, and when the Lord's in our midst, He'll save us, He'll rejoice over us with gladness, He'll quiet us with His love, and He'll sing over us. The Lord, the Lord wants to sing over you His goodness. That's exciting to me. That wears me out. That makes me desire it even more. You see, I've learned in my 56 years and my 20 plus years of following Jesus that how I release the Lord upon myself is surrender and obedience. Humility, surrender, and obedience. And that releases the kingdom of God upon me. And so I know that I hold the key to release heaven and gladness and goodness. And singing over my life, I hold the key. And if I desire it tremendously, I know that my response, must my loving response, must be surrender. Surrender to what? God's way of thinking. That's all it is. It's really that simple. It's just hard as the dickens. Because personally, I have 56 years of experience of doing things my way. And they don't look like God. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, Robert. They were talking about, um, you know, just a friend there, a person of theirs. And and, and they said about them that that, you know, they're in poverty spiritually. They're in spiritual poverty. But they're comfortable there. They like it there. They identify with where they are at and so they don't want to move out of it, even if it's goodness or gladness. I think that is prevalent in the church. It might not be as deep as it is in that individual described, but I think that is the truth about us, and we've got to recognize the fact that we don't want to hold on to our bad self. We want to release that and allow the Spirit of God to heal us and take us into a good place. We really need to do that as people. The Lord wants to sing over you, His goodness. Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 and 25 says this, And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. And then His fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought to Him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and He healed them. Great multitudes followed them from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. He went preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing all kinds of sickness and all diseases. It's Interesting, isn't it? When we see the ministry of Jesus, we don't see anger and hate. We see blessing and healing. That's all we see. In John 3:16, it says this, "God so loved the world that He gave his only Son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life." In Acts chapter eight, verse six, it says this, "And the multitudes were with one accord. They heeded the things, they did, they obeyed. The thing spoken by Philip hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Unclean spirits cried with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in the city. What was the joy generated by? Healing. The joy was generated by great screaming of demonic spirits being cast out of people. If that happens in a church, people think the church is weird. I ain't going to that church. They got weird things happening there. Isn't that the truth? You with me? Don't we say that? We're way too sophisticated to be casting out demons. If they'd be screaming in church, I'd be getting out of there. That's what people say. that's the nature of the church. Not only is it the nature of the church, but then there's great joy because it happened. The church rejoices because hell just lost. Right? God says, I've got good for you. And I've got good for all people. My will is that none should perish, but everybody come to everlasting life. So what's the Christmas message? This year, this is what I pray happens to you and me. You know, I thank West Stanley Christian Ministries and I thank Hope Match for giving us opportunities to serve so that we can experience the meaning of Christmas, the joy of Christmas, what it means to be givers, to be generous givers, to give great love to people, to express the love of God towards people. Thank you guys for doing that. Thank you Frank for doing that. Those are great things. But most of all, my desire for this church and then for for those that aren't here yet, that we would have an encounter with God that you would have an incredible encounter with God where you saw the glory of the Lord and you would not settle for less. If you would say to yourself, truly, like we talked about in the mountains, God, I'm coming to your throne of grace and I'm going to hold on to the altar of God until I encounter your glory and I refuse to let go. I can remember when I got saved about, for about two weeks, I was just in prayer and pursuit. I didn't do anything else. I was worthless at work. Matter of fact, I didn't work much. I had that, I had that opportunity. I was self-employed. I just wanted to discover God, and I wasn't going to let him go. It was too important to me to understand who God was for me. Because he had revealed himself to me, and I, I wanted to learn how to walk with him. He, he wasn't a far-off God that was just overlooking society. He was my God who cared about me, who had a plan for goodness for me. He wanted to lead me in the paths of righteousness. He wanted to direct me to a place of goodness. He wanted to remove hell's forces from attacking me and penetrating me. He wanted to protect me that's who my God is and I wanted to discover that I wanted to encounter that and to encounter his glory I want to know God you know I'm still encountering his glory I'm still learning who God is but I also want this church to really look at themselves with sober judgment and saying these are the things about me that don't look like the Lord. And I'm going to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit and the goodness of God and the nature and the character of God to transform me. I refuse to hold on to the things that have caused me failure in the past. I refuse to to hold on to mindsets and traps And and doorways that lead me to destruction, I'm shutting them, I'm locking them, I'm throwing away the key, I'm resurrecting an altar to God right in front of that door. And I'll never walk through that door again because God is my protector. I want people to, I want this church to just encounter God to such a degree that we are able to be used by God in in a magnificent way like was described earlier has everything to do with your humility before God, with your willingness to see yourselves as you are, that He created you and He said about you, you are very good, so good, way too good to let all this hell wreak havoc in your life. way too good. Some of us have let hell wreak it way too long. I want to mention one thing in particular, and I think the Lord would have me do this today. There are so many people who have been wreaking hell financially for way too long, and you still aren't doing things God's way. You still refuse. I've got a testimony of a really good friend of mine. He and his wife are going to pay off their debt this year totally. God has erased a large amount of debt in their life. And the reason being is five years ago, they had this bet that you really didn't have to tithe, that there was all kind of different loopholes In the tithing process. And they committed. I argued them into a corner. (laughs) And they committed. And in five years. Done. Done. I want that to be the testimony of this church. That, That we don't have financial issues. Because. We've humbled ourselves before God. We've decided that we're going to do things His way. And we line up exactly with what He says do. Even when it comes to the things that's closest to our heart. You see, when we really begin to look at ourselves soberly, and honestly, God will show you who you are And at the very same time, he'll show you his goodness. And he'll say, my goodness can be your goodness. My goodness is for you. This is who you can be too. I've provided a way for my goodness to manifest itself through you. So when we have an encounter with the Lord, this is what I know you will become an encounter. When people see you out there, they're going to encounter God because they see you. They're going to encounter the Lord because they see the Lord in you. We need to have an encounter so we can be an encounter. That's the Christmas story. God says, here's my goodness. I got good news. I've got great news. There's a Christ coming for all people to bring goodness and peace to all men. He wants to use the church. He wants to use me. He wants to use you. Now I just tell you, I've come a long way since 1988. I've come a long way in the next five last five years. But I got a long way to go. Don't nobody yes and amen. I'm looking at, I'm looking back at y'all. Youngest, y'all go look in the daggum mirror. I just got the look from Liz. Don't say that. Don't say that. He didn't, he didn't just say that, did he? Yeah, he, he did But if we're really sober, God says, I, I want to sing my goodness over you. Come on now. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. The goodness of God sung over us. Amen? Amen. That's for closing prayer. Hallelujah. Do not leave without seeing Frank. There's Frank right there in the sound booth. He's not going anywhere. He needs 15 or 20 people to help him. If he had 20 people, that would help. Would that help Frank? Absolutely. So if you've already committed to him, he's got you down as committed. We need 20 more. That's what I'm saying, 20 more. Go see Frank. Ah. well I just thank you for the story of Christmas I thank you that you have good tidings of great joy I thank you that you sing over us I thank you that you're happy God that you're, there's no, that you're good and there's no darkness in you at all I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would see where the darkness comes from. I pray, Lord God, that we would continue to grow in our ability to see when we line up with hell. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would look to you, that we would fall on our faces like the shepherd in the field in worship and you could look down upon us and just tell us Don't be afraid. I'm good. And I have good plan for you. So that you can take good to the world. So that you can be like Philip. Lay hands on the sick and they recover. So that you can be like Philip. And cast out demonic forces. I know i got to go, but I just want you to look at me real quick. This is this is first service. This is mostly core people. Look at me. I'm just going to tell you, this is what the Lord's saying right here. Most of you can never imagine yourself ever casting out a demon. You look at me and say, you ever done that? Uh-huh. You look at yourself and go, I, I, I couldn't ever do that. If you don't have the faith to do that, if you don't believe that's your mission, you're lining up with hellish forces. Right. Right. You say, wow. Well, let me just tell you something right off the bat. What the scripture says is you need to get rid really of those hellish forces that have something to do with you first. Mm-hmm. Get that mess out of you first. Put those hedges of protection around you first so that you can go be effective. That's the call of the church. Man, this, you, next year's going to be a good year, boy. Next year's going to be a heck of a year. We need to be ready. So Father, say it with me. Father, Father. open up heaven. Open up heaven. Father, Father. identify anything, anything. That, is that is unholy. I repent, I repent and, rebuke and rebuke the enemy of my soul, the, enemy of my soul. the, thoughts, the thoughts that are contrary, contrary to your word. To your word. I, once again I once again agree with the Christmas message, the Christmas message that, you have that you have good tidings, good tidings of, great joy of great joy for me. me. Let's do that again. I agree agree with the heavenly host host expressing your glory glory with a message to me me that you have have good tidings tidings of great joy joy for me. me. And you did it it through the Christ, the the Messiah, Messiah, Jesus. Jesus. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's good. Thanks for listening to the East Side Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.